everyone and welcome to this free episode of it's TF. the free one it sure <laughs> fucking right. is it's me riley and i'm joined by milo and hussein and we are joined by i think like 10 you're joined by two gentlemen podcasting nature and, and we are joined by another gentleman of a historical mm. nature who will be making mm. his i don't know 10th 12th returning uh, guest visit it's mm. patrick wyman hello thank you again for having me this is like my favorite thing to do i'm very excited a foreign national and American gentleman um, was present <laughs> at the scene. Yeah, and uh, like like so many things, uh, uh, tides of history. Your show tends to go in seasons and have focuses. And right now, your focus is on the uh, the growth of the Iron Age and the formation of some of those early states. Um, and I thought it would be very interesting to instead of talking like we usually do when we talk to you about how societies crumble, how states deform, for example. Like, I don't know, let's just say picking something out of the air, deciding to completely obliterate all of your um, transportation infrastructure safety regulations, thereby making most of your territory uh, uninhabitable and uh, salting your own earth for some reason. That would be considered maybe state deformation. Yeah, I mean, we'd never do that. So no. I wouldn't worry about that. No, no one. No one would ever do that. Um uh, but we, we often talk about this, about states crumbling, collapsing, complex systems breaking down, the Bronze Age collapse, and so on and so on. This time, however, I wanted us to be positive. I wanted us to talk about state formation and making new kinds of societies. It's a good vibe show. Yeah. Yeah. And to that end, I've actually found the newest and most important, and some would say most serious uh, book written on the subject of creating a new state. That uh, I would say is available. Okay. And we are, of course, talking about... The Bible. Uh, yeah, we're talking about... <laughs> we're we're going to read and make fun of the Bible. It's 2004, baby. Yo, this shit is crazy. We are Reddit atheists. There's a guy called Job. He's named after what you go to. And that book, of course, that we're reading, it's not the good book. It's what some would consider the better book because the author the does Quran. favorably... <laughs> no, even better, the author favorably compares himself to God throughout it. Uh, it is Andrew Tate's autobiography. Uh, not that good. It is Balaji Srinivasan, uh, a Bay Area venture capitalist book, The Network State, on how he's finally going to crack this libertarian intentional community problem and supplant the state for good. Now, Patrick, you read the, a little bit of this book because uh, I'm very mean to people that I like. What did you think? Well, once I got done wiping away tears of blood from my eyes um, and, uh, and and reattaching my tongue where I had bitten through it uh, in the process of reading through this book, um, no, it, this this legitimately is one of the dumbest things I've ever read. Uh, I, I mean that seriously, in the sense that it, it's like the Dunning Kruger effect made made manifest, where like the author clearly does not realize how much he doesn't know about the subject at hand and has essentially worked backwards from um, the Wikipedia article on state and figured out that there are things that he doesn't like about that. So he has imagined an alternative to his dumbed down imagined version of what a state is. It's really fucking stunning work. Like you have to work really hard to not understand how much you don't know about a topic like this before writing a, a man, what I can only term a manifesto. Oh, it is it is delightful. And of course, you would ha for those of you who don't know, 
Uh, Balaji is a prolific Twitter poster. Um, he mostly gets mad at people for like saying that there, like, it should be not a capital offense to be like unhoused in San Francisco. Um, and also, he is a partner at Andreessen Horowitz. Uh, so, you know, given our understanding of Andreessen Horowitz and what we've talked about, what they do before, that should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, the guys who wrote the Stormbreakers. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, the state is dying, uh, he writes. Having served its function displacing God as the Leviathan of the 20th century, we what, now which, enter... Just, just, what the fuck does that mean? What, like... From what I understand of him, he's a five foot six brown guy who gets mad at people online um, and is constantly uh, worrying about God. So he's just like me, for real. Because <laughs> <laughs> also, wasn't the point that the point of the Leviathan was to replace God? Mm. So you can't replace God as the Leviathan. That doesn't really make sense. Well, you that know. implies that God replaced the Leviathan. And then you're like the Leviathan was before gone. You have all, I, I, we have already put more thought into this than he has. <laughs> it does it does feel like something that like a like a good book editor would point out. Yeah, uh, oh, this is a self published uh, work. Of course, it uh, is. So, <laughs> traditionally, basically, how this works, right, is he thinks that the thing that is going to displace uh, the state, which displaced God as the central organizing authority for uh, life is going to be this thing he calls the network. Uh, as far as I can understand, the network is a voluntary association of individuals based on, uh, <laughs> based on uh, posting and Bitcoin. And that's going to be God from now on. So if you, I mean, look, I've, I've heard of the, like disenchantment, right? The, the, the disenchantment done by, uh, by science removing the magical or mystical uh, understandings of like occluded wisdom or whatever. In this case, um, it's like the enlightenment process of attempting to understand the world through systematic observation, but um, attempting to understand the world through very, very deeply stupid and unsystematic observation. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. Guy science. Yeah, <laughs> it's fellow science. So before Joe we, Rogan, even Joe could poke some holes here. Before we get into the uh, talking about uh, Balaji's writing, which we will get into, can we just quickly? Go through a definition of understanding from history, whether we're talking about um, a sort of Bronze Age city-state, a kind of nascent Iron Age state, or even a Westphalian state. What do we mean when we talk about the state? What processes lead to them forming? Yeah, so there, the the emergence of states is a multifaceted and and extremely varied process, right? So. There has been this tendency in, in studies of state formation over the past couple of decades to stress this multiplicity, that there are a lot of different ways in which states can come into being. Um, there is no one single path. There is no one single definition of a state. States are a lot of different things, um, depending on the context, uh, depending on where you're looking and, and when you're looking. And there's no, there's not really like a checklist of things that you can point to and be like, ah, state. Ah, yes, they, it's got this. It's got this. It's got this. It's a state. Much in much the same way as conversations about urbanism and cities have shifted um, among people who work on this in the last couple of decades, that like kind of moved away from like an evolutionary checklist approach to uh, something more, I, I would say, kind of organic. It, it's a lot like porn. It, it's a lot like porn now, where like you look at it, and if you think that's a state, you're probably right, and if you look at it and you think that's not a state, then you're also probably right, um, because it. States can do a lot of different things. They can be a lot of different things. You can have a state that emerges 
out of one single concentrated locale and it, it and it's defined very territorially in the sense that you've got okay uh, you've got a defined center and then you've got surround a, a surrounding area over which that that core area extends its dominance this is kind of the traditional model of of what a state is but that's not necessarily the dominant model of state formation historically it's not the only one it's not necessarily a, a, a good one right like what you can have at other points in time are like a collection of villages, each that has its own leading family. And that collection of leading families gets together at, say, a sanctuary, uh, like a religious sanctuary. This is what happens in Iron Age Greece. And they're like, you know what? We have common interests. Let's make a thing together. And the thing that they make eventually evolves into the form of the city state in Greece. This this group of leading families. Podcast fam- of its day. Yeah, it's 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 a very posting related thing where you're like sticking something up on the wall of the temple or what will become a temple. Um, You've got like five villages in a valley. You get together and you're like, ah, okay, let's make Corinth um, or let's make Athens or let's make Argos. That's that's kind of and that seems to be how Iron Age Greek states form. Um, they're, they don't grow out of a single village that just gets bigger and bigger or a single family. They grow out of the cooperation of a whole bunch of kind of neighboring settlements. Um, so that's one model of state formation. You can also have just separate towns that are already established that come together and say, okay, we're going to form a league. Um, we're going to form a state that is entirely based on this archipelago of urban spaces. Right, like a city league or a town league. Uh, this is really common in the Middle Ages. It's what the Hanseatic League is. It's what the it's what the Swiss Confederation basically is. Um, this is an entirely different model of state formation, where you don't have a, a top down hierarchical um, assumption of power by an individual or a, a closely knit group. You have a kind of a loose alliance of different groups separated in space that come together to make a thing. So there's as many different ways to make a state essentially as you can imagine what a lot of them share in common is that they are corporate and not individual efforts right so they are different groups of people with shared interests who put aside whatever their differences are to build some sort of coercive infrastructure and balaji has come along and said what if we had a different way which was basically a combination of a subreddit and a video game conference but we accidentally alluded to sort of backwards by and again by accident and um, wrongly <laughs> alluded to a lot of like, for example, what he describes is not actually on the surface level that dissimilar from what you're talking about, how somewhere like Corinth gets formed, where a group of villages will suddenly meet together, realize they have a common interest and then entrepreneurially almost create for themselves a political entity that they will then go on to live in and under and then reproduce. Yeah. This is the like th- this is the kind of the core problem with with his understanding of what a state is is that he doesn't understand what a state does or who it's for. So, um y- you know, just to really just to really put it out there. It's never stopped a startup guy before. Come no, on. No, it, it hasn't. It, it really hasn't. Um the but he seems to think of states as things that are supposed to provide services or that are supposed to like serve a purpose. They're supposed to be like owned by their constituents. And that is not and never has been what a state is. Um, a state is, a states are mostly regularized institutions under the control of elite groups that are used to extract labor and resources from the people living in, living in some area. However, that's defined. Like they are, they are of, by, and for elites, and they're extractive by their nature. That is, in essence, what a state always has been. Democratic, like modern democratic nation states often 
present themselves as something different from that. But the extractive, coercive, elite-dominated function of states is still deeply present because it is what they are. So let's look at what, what Balaji actually writes here. He says, a network state is a highly aligned online community with a capacity for collective action that crowdfunds territory around the world and eventually gains diplomatic recognition from other pre-existing states. So basically, what happened is Balaji went on Reddit and said, what if I got a motorcade out of being really good at going on Reddit? What if that, you know? He is really just like me. And, and, and this is a perfect example of like uh, the, of someone being a venture capitalist and being so rich that you can like, you know, um, challenge God himself uh, for your wealth and um, just thinking, well, it's ins- insane and unjust. I don't have this status in other areas. I should be in charge of a country. The only problem is they won't let me take they won't let me uh, be running one because they're all too stupid. So I need to think of a new and better kind of state, and I know it would be better because it would have me in charge of it. Buddy, they won't even let me fuck the country. (laughs) This is the insane thing about what he lays out is he's like, well, so like-minded individuals in different places can align themselves on the basis of their common interests, whatever those interests happen to be, and they create an archipelago of physical spaces that they control. So this is this is what he this is am I am I mischaracterizing that or is that yeah, what you're talking about is an all elite a society will have will have no exploitation because it will be all elites mm-hmm. that's right yeah so he kind of just wants to do like a members club but what if a members club like owned some land is that, was, is that what the situation no, what if a members club got to go to the UN. Right. It's, okay. It's yeah. a classless society, but it's all upper class. But it's kind yeah. of like it's 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 kind of it. Uh, the best way to, I guess, like one of the ways I would describe it. And maybe I'm wrong. So Patrick, correct me if if uh, I've got this like uh, mischaracterized. But it's sort of like the guy who kind of makes it to the members club because he's like rich enough to finally be able to get there, but he wasn't quite like invited because of who he was, and then he realizes at the members private members club, but he still doesn't quite fit in despite paying premium membership fee and so his so his thing is not to sort of criticize them like the structure that he's now in but to be like i want to now be invited to the un yeah basically i want to be invited to the un <laughs> and what i'm going to do is i'm going to get together with my friends at other members clubs and we're going to start our own members club on our phones from the bathrooms of the different members clubs. <laughs> yeah the reddit archipelago yeah the really insane thing about this is, so he's like, okay, well, so in, at first, the physical spaces that our network state occupies is like a house or a room, but then eventually we get whole towns and whole cities. It's like, so the extractive and coercive function that he is that he is putatively trying to get away from has to be there as you expand because you can't have entire towns and cities that are all made up of people who have an equal say in the running of your network state. Oh, oh, I understand. Okay, you've committed one of the the classic blunders, which is you haven't understood that once everyone starts doing this, no one will be exploited because you'll just go to a network state without having to move. You'll just be able to like sign up to another one by moving all your crypto assets from one blockchain to another. I can't believe you didn't recognize this. Come on. That's uh, the dumbest fucking thing. I've, I, I, I like that. Yeah. So yeah. a net, this is the longer definition. A network state is a social network with a moral innovation. And we will talk about Ooh, the moral baby. innovation. A sense of national consciousness, a recognized founder, a capacity for collective action, an in-person level of civil association, 
an integrated cryptocurrency, consensual government limited by social smart contracts. Why does contracts. that have to be an integrated cryptocurrency? Oh, uh, I'll tell you what, because it's that's the most important thing. When he talks about the technologies that enabled the Westphalian state, like map making, print capitalism, and the gun, for him, the cryptocurrency is the same as the gun. Right, okay. Because... Because the the way he sees it, right? Because used badly, it can end your life. <laughs> <laughs> the way he sees it, right, is his mental model of the gun is that mm. the gun was rotating useful. in my mind. Well, the gun was useful to state formation because you could then compel anyone to do anything that you wanted just by having the gun. And if you mass produce the gun, then you it you're didn't in a matter. state now. See, <laughs> yeah, it did. Well, sort of. You pay taxes to me and nobody else. Again, sort of. And so then he was saying, okay, so the mental model is one of is one of coercing someone else to accept your reality, basically. He says, well, Bitcoin does the same thing because you can't be altered. So that means my version of the truth becomes absolutely unarguable. Therefore, Bitcoin is like a gun. Well, the thing about forming a state is you need to be able to buy child pornography with something. So, <laughs> so he says, he goes on. So he says, uh, the so social smart contract, an archipelago of crowdfunded physical territories, a virtual capital, and an on-chain census that provides a large enough population, income, and real estate footprint to attain a measure of diplomatic recognition. How that happens is unclear. It's not like, like Walmart doesn't have international diplomatic recognition, but it does have quite a bit of pop like people who work at it, a lot of income, and quite and a, a lot bit of real guns. estate. And a lot of guns. <laughs> and also yeah. a lot of guns. Yeah, because it, it's funny that the Bitcoins are the guns in this metaphor here. I, I would also think that just guns would be the guns in this metaphor here, uh, the uh, or in this analogy here. So I want to take a step back real quick. And mm -hmm. uh, Please take a step back. Yeah, so he's just wrong about the relationship between firearms and, and Westphalian state formation because firearms existed before um, the the emergence of the Westphalian state system, even after the emergence of the Westphalian state system, most guns are not being produced in state armories. They're being made by private manufacturers. There is no there is no e like straightforward connection between mass production of firearms and the emergence of a particular kind of state um, like the those things are. are, are incredibly decoupled from one another there the relationship between them has absolutely nothing to do with what he thinks it does um like that's just that's fucking stupid like yeah because like before that you could just coerce people to do stuff with other weapons you could just yes. be like hey i've got this pointy stick you're in a state now you pay taxes to me like it wasn't because when right. everyone only had pointy sticks that was good enough all the gun changed was now everyone had to have a gun but the basic power relation didn't change <laughs> yeah most most people who were killed in the the khmer rouge killing fields were not killed with a gun they were killed with a piece of sharpened bamboo thereby uh mm. disproving his uh, theory of the gun and uh, uh, hear and that the yeah. Say what you will about Pol Pot, he was green. You know what? <laughs> so <laughs> he didn't want to waste Jesus. a bunch of heavy earth metals and cordite on his genocide. You, you know mm -hmm. what this is, right? As well, it's what we're talking about. Is we're talking about nerd Israel. We're talking about startup Zionism. Isn't that just Israel? <laughs> where the process of building a state before we have the state. And, and the ideological goal is that the ordinary beliefs of the average Redditor should be the law, but without the safeguards that keep that from happening in a normal society. Um, and so he says, why now? Why do this now? Uh, after almost 400 years of the Westphalian nation state, why do we think the status quo could change? Of course, if you're a venture capitalist, it's because the Westphalian nation state doesn't hold you in enough high esteem. And a lot of, um, a lot of them seem to you know, actually be kind of moribund there's a reason why we usually talk about 
things falling apart. It's just the assumption is that they are going to be replaced by some kind of a utopian libertarian paradise because that must necessarily happen. Again, it's like it's like Hegel, but, you know, with um, if you've just been run over very slowly by a Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. Okay. the the I'm I'm still I'm I'm awestruck by this because, okay so. I want to provide some real critiques of what he's saying here and not just make fun of him as hard as that is to do. Um, the basic the, the basic critique, and I mentioned this before, is that he doesn't understand what a state is or what it does. Um, he he understand he misunderstands at a basic level um, like how a state functions, the the elements that comprise it, and why those are meaningful. Right. So he he wants to replace the state with a network. He doesn't understand that states as they exist actually are networks, right? The network is the best way to understand what a state is, how it functions, uh, and, and how it uh, how it actually interacts with the people who who make up the state, right? So states are not. Con- uh, he he's got this idea in his head that a state is defined by territoriality. Okay, all right. That's that's one definition of the modern nation state is that it is territorially contiguous, that it exercises a monopoly on force within its borders. This is this is one understanding of what a state uh, of what a state is. He what makes him so so powerfully and completely wrong is that that's not the only facet of a nation state, and that that is an idealized um, definition or model of a state, and not its reality. So you want to replace. He's trying to replace. A an abstracted model of what a state is with his own vision of what a state should be without understanding that the way a state actually works is much closer to what he has envisioned um, than uh, than is yeah he he doesn't understand he's the what actually what already exists is already very close to what he wants and, and it's a uh, it's just that he's not personally important enough in that network yes um, ex- and exactly. also that and that network isn't enough like a tech startup he just needs yes. to buy a gun. It's very simple. You know, people, if this guy was walking around waving a 45, people would be taking him a lot more seriously. Mm, I don't think so, based on how he looks. <laughs> based, on his, based on his, like, first traps and stuff, or his attempted first traps, because that's, like, my main memory when I think about him, mm. just, like, the weird, like, gym picture he took. I don't think anyone would take him seriously, even what if he had, What if he was like, holding a, a gun in the gym picture? No, I feel like people would actually take him less seriously. I feel like oh. a lot of this really does amount to the fact that when he posted, like, his gym picture, a lot of people made fun of him. Okay, oh, I would no. like to know more about this. Please, please describe the picture. Yeah, for the me. gym council is yeah. now in session. We've got our experts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, f- yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, he was like working out, like you know, and clearly, like he's kind of did. He did some try. This was like a couple of years ago, and so he just posted the picture of himself, like without a shirt, and like yeah, he, he had like decent abs. He was all right, but it was just very. It was like one of those shots that guys who are. Uh, don't know how to take photos of their girlfriends or themselves take. So the mistake that he made was that he took a full body shot of himself, which meant that it didn't matter how like ripped he got. Like you could see that he was not at all, you know, the, the height thing was the problem. <laughs> and so there was a lot of just like dunking on him, not just for like the height stuff, but just sort of being like, you know, this is kind of a cringe photo. Like what do you, and this is also around about the time that he lost a lot of money on crypto. Ah, so what he needs is a very small gun that will make him look big, like a thirty-eight special. Right, exactly. Yeah, so it just it just sort of felt that like those two things combined, and just the fact that he was posting this stuff, almost to sort of say like you know it didn't matter how much money he lost, he was still gonna he was still better than everyone else. But it just didn't hit because he has the posters mentality. It's like you can be as rich as you want, 
and you can sort of like be as ripped as you want. But ultimately, like you care about those quote tweets more than anything else. It, it, this is interesting because the next section um, I'm going to read sort of speaks to much of what you've said. Um, I'm telling you, he's just like me. Like I understand <laughs> this guy on a very spiritual level, a cellular level. So one of the reasons that he believes uh, state formation takes place is periods is that these organizations, states as corporations, as you say, are reacting to periods of extreme volatility. Um, and so he says. This the reason that there is we are now uh, at a time when a new kind of um, way of organizing society can emerge is because of social media and cryptocurrency. Social media, he says, is American glasnost, and cryptocurrency is what? American perestroika. What? Right. Okay. You know, well, so it's it's American perestroika in that it's going to destroy the American economy. He's kind <laughs> of he's kind of right in that sense. I mean, it destroyed some people's individual economies, certainly. Yeah. Um. So there are two particular ways, he says, that the internet increases of volatility worth noting, social media and cryptocurrency. Social media increases social volatility. Whoa. You can go viral or get canceled, experience large overnight gains or losses in status. This guy just, he, he saw the Maddie Healy on the Adam Friedland show, Furore, and was like, I need to write a book about this. <laughs> <laughs> Furore is my favorite pizza. Uh, and then next, digital currency increases financial volatility. You can go to the moon or, quote, get wrecked, experiencing large overnight gains or losses in financial status. It does certainly increase financial volatility. He is spitting. Yeah. But also, again, this is this is not something that's experienced by most people. The vast majority of Americans are not on Twitter. And yet he's like, oh, Twitter's going to be American glasnost. And I know that because me and all my weird friends are obsessed with it. We think it's going to usher in a new kind of state, the smallest social network that we all happen to be on. He says, now, it's very clear that the Internet is to the USA what the USA was to the USSR. That's very clear to me. What, the main network of communication within the USSR? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. People used to love calling each other on the USA. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. And the USSR, people were all logging on to America to post pictures of the pig pooping on its own balls. It, that it's it, well. The reason is, is that it's truly free speech and free market. So he perceives the internet as a kind of new continent that can be settled just by posting. You can create an entire like we can let, we can bring let back. Let the listener know that Patrick is head in hands. Like you can't you can't see this, but we can. This is this is Patrick has taken so much psychic damage. He's gone nonverbal. <laughs> so, um, it's truly free speech and free markets. But the USA. Uh, is trying to tamp down the American spring that's been unleashed, uh, but it may be too late. Obama was, in a sense, America's Gorbachev, as he allowed technology to grow mostly unimpeded from till 2016 to billions of users without fully realizing what would ensue. Yeah, and then he did a Pizza Hut advert. <laughs> so, does he think the president decides what technology gets to spread? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, all right, that like, explains like, a lot. Like maybe, like, maybe in 2009... Obama would have been like, oh, people are going to they're going to stop believing uh, the woke ideology of the New York Times. And uh, we got to ban Twitter. That seems to be the logic here. Right. Is that there is a cathedral like woke ideology in the New York Times. Um, and that is an elite ideology, not a democratic one. And therefore, what the this great opening enabled by social media and cryptocurrency is that you can escape all of these structures that you don't know why they're there. And then in the case of Balaji, you can build a kind of castle in the sky where you do a virtual version of what ultimately is kind of a dumber version of the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. pretty good. You build Absolutely. your own yeah. version of a state where you gradually work out why all those structures are there, and then build worse versions of them. It, like at like at very short notice, because you're like, oh shit, oh fuck. I I just keep th- I just kept thinking while I was reading this. It, it, it's the it's the poli sci version of the Silicon Valley guys invent the city bus thing that keeps going around where like every, you know, like every couple of years, the Silicon Valley guys are like, what if you had a car that just went to a series of stops in a set order and you could go from one to the next in this car? And then there was an app and it's like, that's, that's the city bus. That's what a city bus does. Um, you have reinvented the city bus. That's, um, that's very much what, uh, his conception of the state is and how it works because the the best way to understand most states is as coal is as coalitions of interest groups that control levers of power at at various scales right like that's that's the best way to understand what a state is and how it works so there is no the state first of all that's his that's his biggest mistake what you have are various levels of authority uh, Patrick, and you governance you can find it on the map come on Jesus <laughs> fucking christ i oh my god oh my god <laughs> I I I can't believe this fuck. is the most damage we've ever dealt you. This it's this is like having an ice pick shoved through my ear. I, that's the only way I can describe this. Be, well, because why is state violence visited on one man for me? <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying there's not just one state; there are many. Yeah, there's there every every quote unquote state is comprised of multiple levels of authority, right? That that overlap. There there are multiple networks of authority that all overlap, and sometimes they rub up against each other. You have in the United States, you have you know local, uh, county, state. Federal jurisdictions, all of which are all of which are 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 the state. They are all doing their own thing at at varying levels, right? If what he's talking about is the federal state, if what he's talking about is kind of the, the highest level of state authority, well, that doesn't exist to the same extent in all places, right? Like if you go to Wyoming and you're out in the middle of fucking nowhere, you're gonna have a lot less contact with the United States government than you are if you live like in Washington, DC. Right. Those are very different levels. And so there there are ways that in which people who actually think about these things talk about them. So you talk about like the capillary action of the state or the dendritic action of the state. Right. Where you you if you understand a state as a network, a, you understand the, the kind of things that tie the various territorial uh, regions of the state together. State power flows into those different regions in different ways via different pathways. Right. Obviously, he hasn't considered any of this. Like he, this, this has never occurred to him. No, Patrick, but. that would be hard and wouldn't spit out the answer he likes. Yes, it wouldn't. Is- it wouldn't spit out the idea that a bunch of guys who share a subreddit would be able to buy a bunch of apartments and eventually get a seat at the UN. Yeah, the, the chat GPT ass idea of state formation <laughs> here. So, what are the steps? Do we think of of founding a state of a state? A, a, excuse me. What are the steps of founding a network state? Step one: create a Reddit account. Sort of, yes. Actually, oh, no. Milo, you sort of did. Oh, I've do done the it thing. again. I've done it again. <laughs> so, number one, found a startup society. This is simply an online community with aspirations of something greater. Anyone can found one, just like anyone can found a company or a cryptocurrency. The founder's legitimacy comes from whether people opt to follow them. Okay, so step one, uh, meet people in the Pornhub comments. <laughs> yeah, you like, can create stuff a- like, damn, you- this guy has an impressive dick. And then someone else is like, well said, sir. <laughs> Shall we get? I feel so safe in his arms. Shall we make a state? <laughs> Shall we start a startup society? 
Yeah, so the example he gives is like a really popular fitness influencer could like it could like get people to follow them and then they could all the live in together. State. Yeah, the lifting state. Um which basically is just sort of like a workout cult. Are you are you coming now cuz so I'm coming. So. It, what again what he's describing is CrossFit. He's just describing an archipelago of CrossFit boxes across the country. But <laughs> at the UN. What if it was at the UN? <laughs> Alexander Solzhenitsyn's the CrossFit yeah, archipelago. They, so, they, they would two. all have abs and terrible knees. Number two. Organ- yeah, there's just, it's just it's so damaged by something called speed cleans. Terrible. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, like that's, that's muscle confusion, and this book is brain confusion. So, two, organize it into a group capable of collective action. Given a sufficiently dedicated online community, the next step is to organize it into a network union. So you've taken uh-huh. your like guys who are big fans of blowing out their knees from speed cleans, mm-hmm. and then you're doing collective action to try to promote the idea of working out badly. Sure. Um, Three, build Again, this trust is just CrossFit. O- yeah, build trust offline in a crypto economy online. So it's CrossFit with a crypto economy. Like maybe the faster you do deadlifts and the more you use your upper back in deadlifts, uh, the more you get um, Ouchcoin. For yeah, example. I love Ouchcoin. I'm a, I'm a ground floor investor in Ouchcoin. So build trust offline in a crypto economy online. Begin holding in-person meetups with the physical world, increasing increasing in scale and duration, while simultaneously building an internal economy using cryptocurrency. Again, in-person meetup. That's just meetups. What are, what is a non-in-person meetup? Well, also the idea of like building an internal economy using cryptocurrency. An economy for what? Of what? To buy and sell what from where? <laughs> Why? Why do you just need an economy? Like, what's the because the the cryptocurrency? What it really does is it creates models of economic systems, right, that don't actually ever interact with a thing. It's news when they interact with a thing. What, what are you trying to interact with a thing for? What? In case it might be a bloke. Penny Arcade, the webcomic Penny Arcade, right? They have uh, charitable stuff that they do. They have an expo that's like a gaming expo. They're like two and a half hertzels into being a state, according to uh, Balaji's definition. There you go. Maybe they should be a state. Okay, so one observation real quick is that uh, again, the, the social club metaphor that Hussein you used earlier, it, that's it's not wrong. What he's describing is a fucking Elks club. Like, the, he's- <laughs> But with he's, the Bitcoin. Yeah, but- like, with, but with, I'm sure they, I'm sure they had like some kind of currency at, at, at one of the Elks Club swinger nights. Like, I'm sure this that there was- This guy just wants to hang out with other guys. He just yeah. wants a, he just wants a guys club. And like- it feels like if he says, I want to just hang out with other guys, people like might call him gay. So he's like, no, actually, it's a state project. Um, and we're, we're doing some really big things and we're going to get invited to the UN. But it's like, you just want to hang out well, with some dudes. That's fine. Also, and the third thing you need, of course, is a big bowl for all of the car keys. <laughs> it's like you, you, wanna, you just want to hang out with some friends, but you're unable to do that without it being versus the entire world, basically. You're unable to just hang out with some friends without wondering if you've created a new kind of social organization. Yeah. Back in the day, if you want to hang out with like a bunch of guys, but you wanted to be on your computer, you could have a LAN party. But ever since the woke went wireless, you can't have LAN parties anymore. <laughs> so, because otherwise you'll get called gay. And that's why you need to build a state. Yeah. Step four, crowdfund physical nodes. Once sufficient trust has been you built what? and funds have been accumulated, start crowdfunding <laughs> apartments. Not- 
houses, and even towns to bring digital citizens into the physical world within real co-living communities. You know, like that one time in Guyana they did that? Ah! <laughs> yeah, you know, so what we're going to do, right, is we're going to get, we're going to start a Reddit account, we're going to yep. do a subreddit, and then okay, on yep, the cool. subreddit, we're going to build a lot of trust, we're going to create a, an online crypto economy, it's unclear what the economy will be yeah, based cryptonomy. on, centered around, how it will be connected to anything material, but we are going to build one. We're going to hang out enough until all our, these people start moving in together, maybe in the same building. And then all of a sudden, everyone who believes in this one thing lives in this building. And we're one step closer to being a state somehow. <laughs> Political hanging out. Then all of those buildings that we've politically hung out in and now have sort of taken over, right? We now digitally connect them. Physical access is granted by holding a Web3 crypto passport. And mixed reality is used to... So instead of a key you would have a Web3 crypto passport that would function in much the same way. Yeah, and then well, to celebrate the new community that we've created, what we do is we make uh, a bunch of punch for everyone, <laughs> and then everyone drinks it, and yeah. then um, we, all, we all get to be in the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> so, and well, then, well, then you get to put your Web3 passport into the bowl. Yeah, that's what that's the, right, ever yeah. since they made tornado cash illegal that's what it's for now it's for yeah. web three key parties yeah your your web your your web three key is just in the shape of an upside down pineapple is that <laughs> so but it also says and mixed reality in vr will be used to seamlessly link the online and offline world so then you're going to go into the holodeck with all your friends and that's yeah. going to be a state yeah it's playstation home but it's like france now <laughs> yeah so <laughs> and weirdly Here's the crazy. PlayStation, um. Here's the crazy thing. Maison. Le PlayStation, c'est moi. Uh, there's two more steps. Ceci n'est pas une PlayStation. Uh, I really think I really tickled Jesus Patrick Christ. with that one. Oh my um, god. So there's two more steps to forming a state. Just two. Once you've got the PlayStation home, you only have to do two more things. Number one, conduct an on-chain census. As the society scales, run a cryptographically auditable census to demonstrate the growing size of your population, income, and real estate footprint. This is how a startup society proves tra traction in the face of skepticism. How that is supposed to prove traction in the face of skepticism is unclear. But what we can say is there's certainly skepticism that they're in the face of. And here's step seven. Step seven is my favorite step. It's the best Ooh. step of all of them. So you have all of this, right? You have PlayStation Home, you have a blockchain, you're hanging out in apartments. Step seven, and this is just one step, a black box of a step. Gain diplomatic recognition. First of all, this has really done irreparable psychic damage to me like the this. It really has. But the, what's what's hilarious to me about this whole thing is that he has kind of figured out some aspects of like how to think about a state without knowing that he's doing that. So he's like managed to entirely by accident stumble onto some sense of state functions and definitions of stateness and how states work and, and what they're about. But he has also confused that with an Elks Club. Um, a, a a subreddit and um, various other kinds of forms of voluntary association. So he's he's managed to put all these things together in a way that is just on the whole um, tremendously dumb. It, it's I can't overstate how fucking stupid this is, uh, but he but he's managed to like weave his way around these things and he thinks he's the first one to ever figure them out or like Okay, as as much of a a, a, a dead-eyed psychopath as like Tyler Cowen is, right? At least Tyler Cowen's thing is there is always a literature on that, right? So whatever it is, whatever the thing is that Tyler Cowen is going to be a dead-eyed psychopath about, he is aware that people have probably done work on it, and that you need to read those things in order to understand the field before you make your dead-eyed psychopathic um, intervention in that. Um, 
these Silicon Valley guys, like they never do that, right? They read one Wikipedia article and then they're off writing their fucking manifesto. Like he, I can't stress enough. I think one Wikipedia article might be a bit generous for this one. It it might be. It's, it's the Noah Smith uh, way of, way of understanding things. It's like the, there's absolutely zero awareness that these are issues that anybody has ever thought about or written about, theorized about, might have something valuable or viable to say on the topic that is not to be found in a Twitter spaces or a subreddit. Like, so I'd say what he has done in terms of his reading is that he has looked at writing about the state and state formation that supports his thesis. So, but, but anything that says, for example, that the state is fundamentally a compulsive organization or a compulsive social form he has just ignored that, um, and he said, "What clever? Because the- <laughs> then it's not real. Yeah, if you close your eyes, then the then it can't hurt your argument. It, well, and that's why when I close my eyes, my mother went away, <laughs> um, and I don't know where <laughs> she went when I did that. It's it's a, a lack of object permanence as a life strategy. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's so, right. And so, for example, like he's he he does he does like sort of favorably cite someone like Benedict Anderson who talks about imagined communities like connecting to nationhood." Right. He does favorably talk about that because then he say, yeah, we're going to do that. But through Reddit, basically. And, be, and because he can say the mental model of like a shared print capitalism, a shared language, these kinds of shared cultures of being able to have a fellow feeling with someone who you have never met. He's able to say, what if we did that? But it was through Reddit. Um, and so he says, unlike the ideologically disaligned and geographically centralized legacy state, which packs millions of disputants into one place. The network state is ideologically aligned, but geographically decentralized. And I've realized what he's invented, and I know this because I've listened to too much Tides of History. He's invented the Holy Roman Empire after the Reformation. Yes, that's that's you know basically yeah yeah I, I the he th- this idea of territorial continuity that he keeps coming back to is just so fucking fundamentally wrong. Like unimportant. Th- yeah, it's the. It's part of the process of of rationalization of the state, right? Like that happens in, especially in the 19th century, but in the 20th century too, right? Like you have to have some sort of rationale for why you have the lines on the map. And this is the, 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 this is the rationalization that you get is that the state is a geographically contiguous unit. It's a continuous territorial unit, right? But that's not what states have ever been. And it's not traditionally what anybody has cared about because- Almost all states throughout all of history have contained areas that nobody gives a shit about. So the territoriality aspect isn't important. If you want to understand how states actually function, states are networks, right? Because there are concentrations of people in different places linked by roots. You have you have nodes and you have hubs and you have and you have connections between those things that form into the pattern that we call a network. Uh, and but they they are of their nature discontinuous. And a town league or a league of city states is just um, a more formal version of what every other state also is. Like, so you have this territory out there that's just not important. Like, the extent to which a far, like a peasant farmer, is integrated into the state is like a function of how much interest the state has in him and whether they can actually get a tax collector up there. You know what you I know mean? What it, you know what it would be? It would be imagine you are a peasant in uh, 16th century, uh, the Holy Roman Empire, and you're living in a, uh, a Catholic sort of uh, realm, right? You're living in a Catholic county, say. And it's- you're like, thank God we haven't gone woke. <laughs> <laughs> and you would, be, you would effectively be able to 
a, you would be able to in in this in this model uh, just turn yourself into a citizen of a of a Protestant uh, <laughs> district by just switching your beliefs, maybe by like. I don't know, sending a raven with a hashtag um, with your QR code over to, uh, you know, a, a different elector. Right. This because that's the idea. Right. Is we have these geographically discontinuous. The states follow the people around. I can just switch one wherever I want. And everyone agrees on everything, because if I don't like my state, I can just go to a different one. And then all the best states will have all the best people. And then that, those will become powerful. But then anytime someone's dissatisfied with that, they can just start a new state. So eventually what we have is we have um, no states at all, just individuals. We've, what we've done is we've taken an idea of society and we have said, what if we abstracted the society out of it? Yeah, great. I don't see any issues. Yeah. I don't see any and problems if, at all. Because if you're going to be a committed like libertarian voluntarist Silicon Valley guy, like, like, then you have, to, you have to reckon with the fact that at some point, a state and the way that it works is going to have to compel someone to do something. Uh, you're not just going to be able to choose what state you're in on the basis of what you feel like on a given morning. Honestly, on some Saturday mornings, the state I'm in is fucking atrocious. Um, so it says. Uh, Absolutely massive on so a Friday. He does say, however, this understanding history is crucial because hist understanding uh -oh. history. Uh -oh. Understanding history. Patrick, hold on to something, please. The understanding of history in a company is crucial to debugging code. You need to know what happened, when, and why at a micro level. But it's also crucial to debugging situations at a larger scale than companies like societies or countries. Awesome. Ah! <laughs> yeah, we've, once again, we've, we've given you some ouch coin. Yeah. Um, the, so okay. Please. So there are a lot of problems here. A lot, a lot of issues. A lot of, what? A lot of Come problems. Come on. Um, I thought we were done with the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems I, fairly solid. Like, you know, um, uh, in the same way you, you, you diagnose the societies in the same way as you diagnose code, which is you organize them in lines instead of spaces or vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, the issue is there's a, there's a lot of filling in this compliment sandwich and not much bread. And we really need to put some bread at the end of it. <laughs> like, that's the thing, right? The entire premise of this book is that he thought this, this exact conclusion, this insight occurred to him, which is looking at history is a bit and, and fixing things is like debugging code and what if you could debug a society like you debugged software and that one shower thought has now been expanded into a very large book it's, it's a bad book bad thought <laughs> bad book um yeah, because so first of all sometimes bad shit just happens right there is there are occasional times when things go terribly wrong for reasons that people couldn't really have seen coming entirely unintended consequences so how do you debug that how do you just debug something that that went wrong? Second, and more important, a lot of the time, the the quote unquote bad things or things that have gone wrong are often things that are good for one group while being bad for another group. Oh, they would just start another state. Yeah. In this it's, case. It's, yeah, fuck. They're on a different like, subreddit. So, so the basic, but uh, think about this, right? The, the basic premise is just so far off. The idea that there are... A, obviously objectively good or bad things and that you just decide that they're good or bad and then you go back and fix the bad ones like that's so fucking infantile like <laughs> that I, I like if everybody agreed that things were good or that certain things were good or certain things were bad there wouldn't be any conflict and we wouldn't have this issue in the first place right like well, i think yes, because we're stuck with legacy organizations that keep people that disagree bound together when they really shouldn't be bound together at all states <sighs> fuck 
States are like the Walmart when you think about it of the world. Yeah, because they have lots of guns. Yeah, why do we have eggs and guns together? That's a legacy yeah. organization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, because how did you get all those eggs? Well, with the gun. I went around with my gun and I said, give me those eggs. I coerced the chicken like like producer else. It says we we will use these tools, the tools of studying history to discuss the emergence of a new Leviathan, the network. This guy is the tool of studying history. Uh, A contender for the most powerful force in the world and a true peer to God as a form of social organization. So because like that, but that's the thing also, right? Like when when the church was your main method of social organization, that was because it provided you a way of fitting yourself into a society of understanding the infinite and of reassuring you that what you were doing was okay. And then we, yeah, we secularize that with the state. And then all of a sudden the, the state takes over in the power to, um, you know, kill you. But then you have to deal with the terror of the fact that you don't know what your soul, what's going to happen to your soul. The church and- is still networks, man. It's still <laughs> networks. It's still just like the, 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 I, the fucking definite article here makes me want to, just club my eyes out with a stick. I, I like not not like poke them out, like literally take a club and bash my eyes until they don't exist anymore. Like there it's these things are all still best viewed as networks. If he was just like, huh, I wonder how I could understand these these other things as networks, then he would have a much better understanding of them. They would make a lot more sense to him as opposed to being straw men to argue against mm-hmm. instead of thinking that he's replacing them with the network. It's not the network. It, it it's it's a multiplicity of them. The networks uh, are a way of thinking. It's not it's not a th- a thing that has an objective fucking existence. Uh, well, it is when it's based around a subreddit, and uh, I think you'll find that the Avignon Papacy was just a big spaceship that landed in southern France, and then started doing things. It didn't. It wasn't a constellation of interests. It was just a. It was a legacy organization. No, it was a hot new startup organization that was challenging those. Fat cats in the Vatican. Yeah, if you'd if you'd seen the clothes they were wearing, you'd know just how hot a new startup it was. <laughs> so, oh yeah, they're all wearing Patagonia here, fleeces. Here's Absolutely. another one. Uh, a key point that we can is that we can apply all the techniques of startup companies to startup societies: financing, attracting subscribers. Oh, slash you citizens, don't want to apply the financing bit. <laughs> calculating churn, doing customer support. There's a playbook for all of that. I call it society as a service. You know, society as a service. Also, why is he writing this Patrick book? Patrick has just gone away. He's taken his headphones off in disgust. He's just given up. He's yeah. he's given up. I like like isn't what I I what I'm trying to get my head around with this book. You know, as the dumb guy on the show, is what is the point? Like he's written this book about his insane idea for how you would make a society. Even he must surely know that this is never going to happen. He wants to hang out with guys. Literally, this is it. Like he wants to hang out with guys and because he doesn't want to be called gay, he has to justify it. And this is what he's done. It's the only thing that makes sense because none of this does. Society as a service doesn't make sense. The crypto shit doesn't make sense. And like it also is like unnecessary. It feels like the crypto bit is kind of I don't understand why it, I, this could work without the crypto. I, I can tell you why. It's because in order to have a society that doesn't have any compulsion, Right. You have to have everyone agreeing on a a version of the truth that doesn't need any kind of enforcement. Again, if you are a stupid person, you think that that's the case. Right. And so you'd say everything is cryptographically on a ledger. Then we basically can have an organization that just provides services and will always provide the right services because we'll know exactly what people want. What this really is. Right. What all of these guys um, uh, sort of theories about a post state, more individualist libertarian world, whether it's like William Reese Mogg whether it is uh, the guys who created Prospera on Roatan that we talked about earlier oh, yeah, this, like, guys. last year. 
um, or whether it is like Balaji thinking about his like startup society that as a service. It's all just a, these guys want to be able to influence the governments that they have to live under because the state is compulsive, right? That they are compelled to live as part of a state. Um, this is them fantasizing about being freed from those constraints. That's really what what we're writing about here. Just just they just have to do what your normal fucking lumber baron out in like rural Washington does, which is buy a city councilman. It's not complicated. Like you, if you want people to listen to you, you just you just buy a politician like that's well, not- they have done that. Yeah, they've, they, but, they've, but, that's the, but but they've done that. But San Francisco still isn't to their liking. It doesn't matter. It's that that's the part that just absolutely fucking blows me away is it's like you already have what you want. It's like none of this is hard. Like you could just move to it, like move to a rural area someplace and buy the country club and you'll get exactly what you want. Like because I think we've we, we've discussed this on like previous episodes and various things and like they don't ever want to do that. Right. Like they kind of like. For you know, for all the years we we've heard like all the time, like they sort of like complain about LA and they complain about New York and like all these sort of like metropolitan liberal cities, but like they don't actually want to go anywhere else. Um, and you're right in the sense of like, well, their strategy then was just to sort of like buy politicians and like you know, uh, on a policy level, like they've done very well out of it because you have like politicians that don't really want to do anything are very happy to sort of like leave tech to sort of like fill public services. Um, so like on a monetary level, these guys are great, but then like, and this is sort of where I think I, I come back to like Reddit brain and just the idea. So like, number one, the idea that like, just the fact that they have to deal with politicians and the kind of like internal Reddit guy that hates the moderator and just doesn't want to deal with the moderator. So logically their thing is like, well, why don't we just set up a different subreddit where I'm the moderator? Um, and you know, I and then I will bring justice to to uh, to the forum. But then the second part is like this kind of much broader thing uh, among kind of tech guys who sort of have to accept a reality that they don't want to, which is that they have to deal with other people. But like they can't exist in a society without other people. And so this seems to be this kind of like perverse fantasy where they can kind of live in this imaginary place where they don't have to deal with like people that aren't their friends. Um, and so this is where we end up with like the members club and the idea that like, you know, well, yeah, we can definitely set up a members club where everyone gets to sort of sit in their like box apartment in the building that we've bought and have really fun times in kind of like hybrid virtual reality and have everything delivered because service is like, what was it? So society is society as a service. Who's providing the service? Who knows? And so like, ultimately it really just, I, I guess what I'm thinking about this, what this really comes down to is the fact that like they don't want to deal with what they consider to be as NPCs. And for them, NPCs, like people who are like less than human compared to them, are, is literally anyone that isn't their friend. Yeah, I think that's it. These, this is, they're unable, they've gotten their 150 people that they know and they're like, well, no one outside this exists. All I'll say before I move on is the if on this subject is they are living in a society that is designed at every level to give them every single advantage and they're loudly fantasizing about how high they could soar if they were freed from the confines of this annoying airplane basically so the way the way that they say that you should structure society because remember this is all about having a moral purpose you have a charismatic founder with a moral purpose and and he calls that the one commandment so you have to start a new society with its own moral code <laughs> based on your study of history, that you're going to do something to debug, right? So just like a startup, it will be like, we're going to provide faster API support to Salesforce. 
you're going to be like, we're going to finally live beyond the confines of the Food and Drug Administration. And that's your one thing that you've changed in the code base. Thalidomide, here we come, baby. <laughs> that um, is right. He says, so start your new society with its own moral code based on your individual study of history and recruit people that you agree with to populate it. By the way, his individual study of history says that the main problem with the U.S. is that it's controlled by woke capitalism as personified by the New York Times. That's right. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened to a peasant in the Holy Roman Empire, you know? <laughs> so They every, didn't even have a gender. <laughs> every new startup society <laughs> needs to have a moral premise at its core, one that its founding nation subscribe to, subscribes to, and one that is supported by a digital history on the, on the blockchain that a more powerful state can't delete. Uh, one that justifies its existence as a righteous yet peaceful protest against the powers that be. Concrete examples of one commandments uh, include 24-7 internet bad, which he recalls a digital Sabbath society, or carbs bad, which he says leads to a keto kosher society, or even traditional Christianity good, which leads to a Benedict doctrine society. And again, it's like, yeah, he can imagine ketosis Israel, but he also can't imagine like free healthcare society, for example, because who would want that? It, it is really Ooh, striking that? to me the extent to which he has just kind of imagined Calvinism into existence. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he, Look, no one's done it for a while, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of doesn't doesn't this really like strike you as Calvin's Geneva, where like the it, it's uh, you have a charismatic founder, you've got your holy texts, you've got a blockchain in which nobody forgets anything that you've ever done. Like the if if you pissed in an alley. Uh, and your neighbor saw you like that's in your person. That's in God's blockchain. Like God doesn't forget. <laughs> um, like and the the sense of the elect and the not elect like the it's it's God. It's just it's always fucking Calvinism all the way down. It's like that's it always well, is. Could you believe that someone who sort of rose to the heights of American capitalism to become one of its famous like God emperors is fundamentally a Calvinist, but being too stupid to realize it. That's I, nothing more American than that, baby. <laughs> so others, other examples of societies include renewal culture, which is the cancel culture proof society. Oh, great. Me and my boys are starting us. We're going to start a country based on how much we don't like cancel culture. And we're pretty sure that we're going to get diplomatic recognition from like El Salvador and then build from there until we're a great power. I mean, what was Hobbes's Leviathan, if not the original woke cancel mob? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a very uh, Brendan take on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I walked by a, uh, a, a truck in my neighborhood today. This parked a lot. Of, there's a lot of like housing construction in my neighborhood. And uh, building really big, like 4,500 square foot houses on what used to be like a 2,000 square foot house lot. Um, and this guy on the back of his truck, he has a sticker that is just um, Rick from Rick and Morty giving the finger, uh, big decal. And then right next to it is um, a stick figure urinating on um, a big uh, block of text that says your feelings. Mm -hmm. And... Um, this guy, so I want to know. I want to know the flag of the anti-cancel culture country. Yeah. So first of all, I know what country this guy's going to belong to. I could also hear him yelling from inside the half-constructed house. You fucking. Re uh, so <laughs> just to give you, just in case it was unclear, what kind of guy he this was reading was. this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to know what society, which state that guy belongs in. Like, which one is he going to choose? Is he ketosis? 
that's the thing is he will choose one because the idea is right you take an existing code base of an existing society you make one change to debug it and then you'll know if it works because people will join it and eventually go through the steps and then like El Salvador will recognize you and then you'll slowly work up the chain and then you'll be like France. He can go to um, uh, Builders Valhalla. So, like, so all, all the builders, you know, the state where every tea or coffee has like four sugars in it. Yeah. But you know, it'd be great. So but the idea, right, is that if if then if that doesn't work, someone can take your code base, make one change, make one commandment and then start a society of their own. So I think what would happen is this guy would join the anti-cancel culture society, but very quickly would find that cancel culture has taken root in the anti-cancel culture society and then create the real anti-cancel culture society, the real unwoke society. Yeah, the provisional anti-cancel yeah. culture society. Until eventually. Continuity anti-cancel culture society. All of these yeah, guys. big in Londonderry. Like, yeah, split yeah, out yeah. into their own individual anti-cancel culture societies, and then they're just Americans again. A form of woke ideology has taken hold in the anti-cancel culture society, and we've had to start the provisional anti-cancel culture society. So, uh, the one, another one. I <laughs> the did anti-cancel culture volunteer. Volunteer force. <laughs> I did say there's yeah. another one, which is the Your Body, Your Choice, the Post FDA Society. <laughs> the Post FDA. Yeah, no regulation yeah. on food or drugs. So he says, if you want to start this society outside the U.S., your startup society could ride behind, for example, the support of Malta's FDA for a new biomedical regime. For the case of doing it within the U.S., you need a governor who would declare a sanctuary state for biomedicine. That is just like a sanctuary city that declares it won't enforce federal immigration law. A sanctuary state for biomedicine wouldn't enforce FDA writ. Which means, again, imagine this practically, right? You have a network state of people living all over the world and you're going to like, you know, just be able to do whatever to any to anyone in your house because you and some Redditors agreed that this is like a country. That's, cool, that's yeah. OK. So first of all, that's kind of Delaware. Um, second, uh, the no, I, 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 I don't know, man, I I'm too I'm too stupid for this either. I'm. Uh, I, I'm way too dumb for this. <laughs> He's like, I, I, I'm going to call up Ron DeSantis. Hey, Meatball Ron, Balaji here. Please declare independence for the FDA from Florida so I can get elf ears attached to my girlfriend. Thank you. That's right. I want to I want to consume more carcinogens. But so yeah, with this diplomatic recognition, you could then take the existing American code base and add one crucial new feature. Your absolute right to buy or sell any medical product without third-party interference. Mm. Yeah, that's how you get an Biden. F- that's how you get an FDA-free zone. Um, and before we end, though, you might be wondering, how do they talk about policing and the use of violence in the network state? Because that's usually a pretty touchy issue if you're going to be living inside the territory of a legacy state for a while before you replace it. So, do you want to know how he handles I, it? I, yeah. I would like. I would very much like to know. Yeah. So. How he says, look, we assume at the very beginning, we're going to have to just piggyback on the legacy state for law enforcement, right? Boring. But what happens happens when all the legacy states sort of drop away and they're replaced by this like global Holy Roman Empire of people who like maybe people who like CrossFit, people who like keto, people who hate cancel culture. You know, these different people who would all belong in different states based on what they want. The one thing they like most. Um is that they would say, well, advances in, in robotics, such as the Boston Dynamics dog and other f- forms of automated law enforcement solutions, would be able to be deployed uh, to react differently as they pass through different state territories. So okay. the Boston Dynamics dog, as it's walking through my anti-cancel culture state <laughs> building, it, has um, a big swastika it will on see it. me, yeah, it'll have the big swastika on it, and then it'll see me eat swastika. a cookie, it'll see me eat a cookie, and then it'll be like, citizen, that is fine. 
And then, you know, or maybe Ed 209 walks into like the Keto Society's room, sees him eat a cookie and then blows him away. Yeah, just minigun. So again, what he's describing with these robots is literally what like the hot dog next guy from high school does now going from neighborhood to neighborhood enforcing the laws like, oh, is that a is that a rich white lady blowing coke in her Mercedes? Totally fine. Uh, oh, is that uh, is that two black youths smoking a joint? Uh, time time to get my beaten stick out. Like that's literally what police already do. Like it's, they, it's, they really shouldn't call it the beaten stick when they give it to them. I think yeah, it gives it, them the wrong idea. It does, I think it's yeah. that the the particular uh, the turd in the punch bowl in this case is that they're unable to get rid of this idea that if everyone just volunteered to if everything was just reduced to personal choice, if you could just be shopping for everything, then all of the problems in politics would automatically be solved. That's the one weird trick. And that's why he keeps ending up describing things that actually exist but very stupidly because he's unable to recognize that 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 voluntarism isn't just going to be the one weird trick that fixes all of it. The turd in the punch bowl suggesting that in this society, you know, the the suicide punch doesn't actually have poison in it. You just drink it and then you get dysentery. You just got like really bad E. coli. What's what's fucking hilarious about this is, OK, so I I, I may have mentioned him on the show before, but I, I train with a 50 a year old. Um, Second Amendment absolutist and vegan uh, named Rob. Nice, uh, and yeah. Rob rides a bike 15 miles to and from the gym three times a week, even when it's 110 degrees outside. And again, he is 50 years old. Um, Rob is a former competitive strongman. He uh, was shot at, while he was in the shoulder, while he was uh, bouncing outside a bar in South Africa. Uh, he... Uh, uh, again, big time firearms enthusiast was at one point sponsored by Winchester and uh, uh, gave up that sponsorship when they got too woke in the mid 90s. So just awesome. to give you some sense for 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 who this guy is, his his life philosophy could best be described as keep your head on a swivel. So he's very mm. much like he's he is like a dedicated hardcore libertarian, right? Like the, the as dedicated a libertarian as you're ever going to find. And this guy who never went to college, may not have finished high school, actually, um, is much more in touch with the realities of how personal choice in the state intersect and conflict than our man Balaji. Uh, I, Rob, Rob has a lot of opinions on meth use, um, what, what you should do when you're hit by a car, um, most of which revolve around you know, personal use and ownership of a firearm. He's like, well, if somebody hits you with a car, you just you pull out your gun and you shoot him. So uh, Rob at various points has like what I say when I mean he keep, like keep your head on a swivel. He will wear a bulletproof vest while he's riding his bike um, 15 okay. miles to and from yeah, the gym. It's so hot. Yeah. Right. But, but you he's keep only wearing that. He's like Winnie the Pooh, except the only garment he's wearing is a bulletproof, <laughs> a bulletproof vest. vest. Yeah. Well, and he always he always has not one, but two guns. And one time I was like, Rob, why do you have a second gun? He's like, well, what if something happens to the first one? Uh, mm. So has he ever considered sense. what if something happens to the second one also? Uh, he has, well, but he feels unlikely. like that's a, that's an unlikely use case for Rob. Mm. Uh, the, but like. Guy who's carrying three guns, looking at him like this guy's a fucking amateur. Yeah, why, he's like, not why, prepared. Why, why aren't you wearing like like series four body armor? Like you, yeah. you really why are you think a vest is going to get it done? Covers. Yeah. <laughs> so a guy in a mech suit looks down at both of them derisively. 
Yeah, 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 guy in an Abrams tank, just like oh, this guy thinks he's a prep. If, if, if Rob could drive an Abrams tank without any environmental consequences, he would. He absolutely 100% would. But like that guy is a much more realistic libertarian in terms of like living in a society and the shortcomings and benefits of that than than Balaji is. Like Rob, whom I, I adore, I love him. I I just I think he's the funniest motherfucker that I've run across in a very long time. And like I learn things from our conversations all the time. Um, like his perspective on life as a as a pra- a practicing libertarian, you might say, is much more realistic. I was born libertarian, but I'm not practicing. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a much, but like that's a much more enriching enlightening libertarian perspective than whatever the fuck this network state shit is well well, because with rob he hangs out with guys at the gym Mm -hmm. and probably hangs out with guys at other places and balaji doesn't hang out with guys yep i'm telling Mm -hmm. you this is what it comes down to he wants Mm -hmm. dude friends and he's trying to justify why that's not gay (laughs) i that is i i don't think you're wrong at all like (laughs) I, i don't think you're wrong like it's that's it it's just it's a guy who wants to hang out with friends in a very political way, specifically directed at all of the things he doesn't like about California. That's sort of what the network state is. Yeah. I, yeah. I well, feel- if you want to suck a guy's dick, just do it. Just enjoy it. Don't say it's like a node or whatever. Just do it. They've- They've Sucking gotten that out. They've <laughs> no, but see, they've gentrified that out of San Francisco now. He can't just go down the street and do that. Like they, that's, that's, that's the, the un, it's the unintended consequence of tech's takeover of San Francisco is they've mm. removed all the removed all the good spots. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, I've noticed we we've gone over time, so they've ruined the tender knob. <laughs> I want to, <laughs> good, good good gravy. So the knobs are say, no longer tender. I want to say, right. Patrick, it is always a delight to have you here on the show. Thank um, you so much for having me. This this really has done permanent psychic damage to me, uh, for which I thank you. So if you're a fan of Tides of History, sorry, it's about to get worse. Uh, it's about to get much <laughs> stupider. <laughs> I think it might be a fan of Tides of History. Sorry that you had to listen to this. <laughs> also that. If you came here for that reason. Uh, but I, I do recommend that you listen to uh, Tides of History. It is uh, mm. possibly my favorite podcast and what I recommend to everyone. <laughs> a show that's about to go downhill. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, no, my sincere apologies for that. No, I really appreciate it. It is, as always, a pleasure. I hope that I wasn't too uh, uh, face palming. To, to make any sort of sense well, about these very serious issues. You know what? Only we could see it. So uh, also, uh, also, 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 uh, if by the time you're listening to this, it will be too late to go to our live show in London. You have missed the boat. Or alternatively, it was great to see you yesterday for those of you who came. Uh, however, yeah. we may have more tickets released for the Berlin show. So probably just check the link because we won't know until then. Uh, well, yeah, that's right. We don't know now. We so don't you know, might know. know. Don't miss the boat to Berlin. In yep. what is the future for us, but will be, uh, you know, the present to you. Well, the near future, I think, for you, because you have to go check. Unless yeah, you've but already no, checked. But no, but whether or not the tickets have been released will be, you know, right. the fact that okay. it'll be in the future, slightly in the future for you finding out, but it's in the present that, like, Schrodinger's cat is now out of the box one way uh-huh. or another. And it's coming to the show. We've, yeah. got, we've got Schrodinger's cat yeah, as a guest, guest yeah. in, in Germany. Um, and, and we're going to kill it or not. <laughs> you have to go and find out. Yeah. Um, and also... Uh, this is a free episode, so there is a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. Uh, it will be 
Five dollars a month, as per usual. Our theme song is "Here We Go" That's by Jinsei. Present for you, but in the future for us. Uh, I remembered to say it this time. Yeah. And don't forget to check out Tides of History and check out The Verge, uh, which is available wherever you can find audiobooks. For a minute, I thought you were plugging the tech news website, uh, The Verge. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I realized you meant a, Patrick's book. A, a, a book that a book that I allegedly wrote. Have very little memory of writing for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Cocaine will do that. Yeah. Uh, I I got on antidepressants halfway through writing it, and it radically changed my perspective. And so uh, I I feel like there was like a shift halfway through the book where I'm like, okay, I don't remember anything that I did before this. And then when I finished the book, it was the first few weeks of the lockdown. And so my kids were home and I don't remember what I wrote then either. Like, no idea. So, Patrick, I recommend you should check out The Verge. I, sh- I should. <laughs> I, I know that I put a reference to blade, uh, a, a reference to a blade uh, line in the conclusion. Um, ice skating uphill. And I don't remember doing that as I was writing the book. <laughs> so. We can all uh, we can all learn something by checking out Patrick's book. Also, Berlin, I'm doing stand up 9th of March, two days before the TF show. There are tickets for that. Please buy them. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, it's in English. I think uh, there's been some confusion. Some people thought the show was in Russian because the promoter is Russian. It's not in Russian. Don't worry. It's not in Russian. It's in. Please, please. But I've sold so few. I don't understand why I've sold so few tickets for this. It's in safe, good old-fashioned England. That is right. Anyway, we've got we've done the end matter for far too long. We Thank have. you again, to yeah. Patrick. Thank you to our listeners and subscribers, and we'll see you on the bonus episode in a few days. Bye bye.